You are listening to KBOO Portland. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBOO Community Radio's open meeting policy is available at our website at kboo.fm. Due to the temporary closure of in-station activity at KBOO, meetings will be conducted online via public video conferencing unless otherwise noted. A public link and phone number to attend the meetings are available on our website. The Development and Events Committee meets on the fourth Monday of the month at 4.30 p.m. Please visit our website at KBOO. Dot .fm to verify if a meeting is being held. Hello, I'm your host Donald Altman and welcome to Pathways where you are invited to join us for a visit with leaders in personal and cultural transformation. With so much change occurring in the world, it's a wonder that leaders can lead at all, whether in business or politics or any realm. Leaders face a constant stream of adversity and change, given that they are human. They are bound to be imperfect, bound to make mistakes. With the spotlight shined on modern day business leaders, there's a greater demand to do more than just be savvy and apply business acumen. Today's leaders are expected to care, to act out of concern, not just for the company and its employees, but to grasp how their role affects the greater welfare of all. They need to know what it takes to remain calm and in control in moments of urgency when the fight or flight response seems like the only option, good leaders do neither. How can our leaders, and by the way, each of us is a leader in our own life, uh, uh, how can leaders find a roadmap to help navigate our rapidly changing future? Well, today's guest will help us discover how leaders can remain composed, dignified, and compassionate during difficult times. John Baldoni is a global leadership educator, a certified master corporate executive coach, and author of 16 books that have been translated into 10 languages. In 2021, the International Federation of Learning and Development named John a world-class mentor and selected him to its Hall of Fame. In 2020, global gurus ranked John a top 30 global leadership expert, a list he's been on since 2007, in 2018, John was named a top 100 speaker by Inc.com and was honored 
with Trust Across America's Lifetime Achievement Award for Trust. John has worked with senior leaders in virtually every industry, from pharmaceutical to real estate, packaged goods to automobiles, and finance to healthcare. <clears throat> John's many books include, and we'll talk about some of them today, Grace, A Leader's Guide to a Better Us, Moxie, The Secret to Bold and Gutsy Leadership, Lead with Purpose, Lead Your Boss, The Leader's Pocket Guide, which I really enjoyed, by the way, and his newest book, which we'll be talking about, which is Grace Under Pressure, Leading Through Change and Crisis. In addition to his books, John has authored more than 800 leadership columns for numerous online publications, including Forbes, Harvard Business Review, and Inc.com. John also produces and appears in a video coaching series for Smart Brief. Uh, that's a news channel with over 4 million readers. <clears throat> John is also the host of LinkedIn Live's Grace Under Pressure interview series. And um, I understand he's done 189 interviews so far. <laughs> so <laughs> that's uh, impressive right there. Well, it's an honor and a pleasure to have John Baldoni here with us today. Hello, John, and welcome to the Pathways Show. Uh, Donald, it's such a pleasure to see you again. You know, we go back many, many years yes. when both of us were in doing different things. And uh, so, I, I, as you know, I'm a big fan of your work, and I have oh. quoted you and interviewed you and cited you numerous times. So thanks for all the wonderful inspiration you have given me, my friend. So. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's very beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and, of course, it, I feel the same way about you and your work. Uh, you've really guided a lot of people to uh, new heights, I think, in terms of how they approach the workplace and, and their lives. So very important. You know, you were on the show and we, you were on the show actually for your book, uh, Grace. Grace, A Leader's Guide to a Better Us. Yes, right, that was my right. first book on the topic of grace. Yes. So, so you've done three books on that topic. And I found it really interesting that you had written this new one, Grace Under Pressure. Um, and then there was Grace Notes that came before. And I thought it was an inter interesting progression. And maybe you could share how those three came about and why this particular book has such an important role to play for us all today. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, I have been intrigued with the topic of grace for quite some time. And actually, in other books, I have mentioned the topic and maybe written an essay or two about it. Um, and But Grace, um, A Leader's Guide, came about be, with, uh, I was in, uh, I should say, um, disheartened by the coarsening of our leadership civility uh, in the mm -hmm. public square. And I said, you know, there has to be an antidote. And I learned, looked around, and as we we all do. And grace is all around us. And grace, as you know, is very often attributed to faith-based communities. And it, of course, it's there, but it actually transcends all faith. And it's pro we are probably wired in our DNA to show grace in the, in the fact of caring for one another. And animals do this and whatever. So grace, I am exploring it from the, uh, in the secular sense as a catalyst for the greater good. So in the Leader's Guide, I translate, uh, not Leader's Guide, Leader, yeah, um, Leader's Guide, I talked about how grace is uh, generosity, it's respect, it's action, it's compassion, and it's energy, all devoted 
toward achieving a goal of bringing people together, creating community, if you will, uh, achieving intended results with people instead of in spite of people. Grace Notes was began as a series of little videos I did during the pandemic. And when I got the transcripts for them, they kind of laid out as little pieces and it inspired me to turn them into, in some instances, little pieces of poetry. And um, so I bundled them together and um, it's a series of reflection. I, it's a little book for me, but I'm very, uh, very pleased with it. Um, it's just, you know, 70 pages, but I illustrated it with some of my photography and um, uh, hired a designer to make it look good. But the book is about reflections and the book mm -hmm. itself begins in a dark place when we were in lockdown, but it ends on a note of light and heart. So, but I deal with the issues of empathy and resilience, which I've been inspired from you on that topic. Um, and so what leaders, the, the theme of Grace Notes is what leaders need to do in times of uh, how do they, what should they be talking about? How should they be leading? Mm. So it's a book of reflection. That it is a book of reflection because we are so outward oriented with all of our attention nowadays that uh, there's, seems like there's little time left for reflection. And right. what kind of feedback have you gotten from, from that reflection practice in your in grace notes? Well, people love it. And I have, in my coaching, um, I have, uh, long talked about uh, reflection and um, all the, and many executives I've worked with tell me that they they set aside an afternoon a week just for a period of reflection and now that reflection can also be with a trusted associate um, but it's a way of gaining perspective as you well know it's just you know and, and all kinds of you can do mindfulness exercises and you're the master of that type of thing but that that sense of getting perspective and you know you don't have to do it in your quote office you can do it on a walk when you exercise whatever it is wherever that time is it's that moment of gaining perspective and i think it's important especially for leaders because they don't take enough time for themselves and that's one of the things that led me to do the next book which will come out uh, early next year in april of 2023 grace under pressure so um the the three of them work as a uh, a trilogy if you will so yeah, you know, the first one I remember was very inspiring. It really got to the basis of what grace was about and how it could impact our lives. And then I like the reflective piece. And then what really prompted the third one? Was, was it did COVID and the pandemic play into that? It did. And, you know, I, I, I said it's kind of giving grace a little bit of muscle. Now, the term grace under pressure supposedly comes from uh, a phrase that Ernest Hemingway used uh, about hmm. courage. And he did it not in one of his, uh, not in a novel, but in an, uh, a letter to the literary critic and um, Dorothy Parker. Well, John Kennedy came across that phrase when he was working on his book, um, profiles and courage mm -hmm. and he liked it because he was talking about courage and so that grace under pressure is how you keep it cool how you keep it real mm -hmm. when things are escalating and the subtitle really is leading through change and crisis which sadly we're in that time but we're always kind of going we're always going through change and there will always be crises so that was the genesis of that and there's a little, a very simple quote formula for the book. It's what do leaders do in times of change and crisis? Well, 
they lead their uh, they take care of their people they take care of themselves and they prepare for the future but here's the twist that i wanted to inject it and this is where i bring up grace it's you do it with a respect for others with courage with compassion empathy we talk about and you know empathy sort of became as you well know kind of a buzzword during our lockdown time but empathy for a leader is just really just a first step because for a leader you have to put it into action and to me what's empathy in action compassion and uh yeah. and so that is uh the some of the things that i like to explore but i'm also exploring some human things joy um friendship uh connection to others yeah. community i i'm i like the idea of maybe thinking of a workplace as a community now what does that mean well mm. it means that we belong you know um a, the great thinker um uh and prof harvard professor amy edmondson talks a lot about psychological safety where you feel that you can express mm. yourself and you're safe well that's builds community and the thing about community we have we are like-minded in our values but not necessarily we don't all think alike it's not groupthink we are we are entitled to we are entitled to dissent and that's good because we have to challenge one another but most importantly um donald it's that we feel that we belong and that's yeah. what's essential well that's so important and i mean if you can create that sense of belonging you know in in a workplace uh it becomes collaborative less hierarchical right less <clears throat> like you know all, everything's coming from above and you have to follow along to, like a machine so uh, and i like that your book starts with the values and that's really i think very uh key to your book i've come up uh, initially i've written as you know i read a, wrote a book on on the topic of purpose and and i came up with this mantra that um purpose simon sinek has said this but others uh purpose is our why so what does our why mean well it dictates our vision which is our sense of becoming it activates our mission which is our doing <clears throat> and it emphasizes i emphasizes our values which is our belonging so hmm. you know uh, it, and interestingly i have heard of some stories of people working in uh, even in fact in Excuse large me. corporations where uh, leaders were told not to use the words like, oh, I, I think you're doing, you're working really hard. You're doing a great job because they're worried that these people are going to um, ask for bonuses or other. <laughs> and so it's so measured, their response and very little empathy is being shown there. But that to me seems that that would only undercut the ability of an organization to really be effective. Yeah, never <laughs> underestimate the ability of management to complexify uh, human behavior. <laughs> so, you know, oh, that should be I, a I quote in your book. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that they, you know, it's mal always malintended. But right, I think right. to you know when you and I were breaking into the business, whatever it was, it was very much hierarchical. And now that's completely changed. There still is hierarchy, and there's nothing wrong with hierarchy per se. What's wrong with hierarchy is when there's no discussion there's no upward mm. flow and a great model for us really is our united states military which has this idea of yes the commander gives the order but there's needs to be feedback and from 
all of the ranks on up to make sure that people a understand it but b have a voice in it that doesn't mean everything they say is going to be done but there's input to it and companies can learn and, and good successful companies do that the more lateral horizontal we become in organizations the more facilitation of collaboration there can be but you know we don't do a really good job of sometimes you know educating our managers and and, and that's why the managers need to be leaders now management is very much the organization it's the discipline the administration you need to do, you need management but leadership is that ability to both look over the horizon mm. but also look at your people how am i connecting to that and that will get that gets into community if i look at my workplace and my yeah, teammates as a community i'm caring about them well, that's that's wonderful, beautiful sentiment, and we need to put it into action. That's one of the things about this book. I felt it was a very practical book, uh, and in every uh, section, you had something called considerations, and uh, and it, which was very reflective. And maybe you could share what uh, you mean by considerations. That was embedded throughout the book. Well, the considerations, and I've, I've done this kind of technique um, before in other books. And matter of fact, I remember a review of one of my books said the, the, some, they were pretty much complimentary, but they go, well, why does he need to put these dot points and questions in the book? <laughs> so, but I didn't pay it, you know. Uh, consideration. So we, basically, the, I am a, a, essentially down an essayist with an overall picture. So at the end of every chapter or essay, I think, I want you to reflect on this. So, so we begin to do the active process as you know you're an expert uh, lecturer and teacher it's the lesson isn't um, complete until we internalize it and make it our own so when I use the term consideration considerations which are questions it's that way of hey think about this and make it work for yourself I mean basically it's you know it's it's the kind of thing we do in executive coaching it's yeah the, and actually that's so there's research and metacognition in that field that shows that if you have people pause and reflect on what they learned, they learn it better. If you just move on to the next thing and the next and the next, it doesn't really uh, have a chance to stick. So it's a, it's a wonderful teaching aid as well, but getting people into the habit of reflecting. Uh, you know, you give some very specific examples in the book of, of crises, and you talk, for example, about um, leadership during a crisis, like what President Zelensky of Ukraine uh, said to Congress, and so it's a very has a the book has a very uh, current feeling to it, um, you know, and how uh, leaders can use context when getting their point across. And he, of course, used context. Can you talk about context and how leaders and can apply that? Well, yeah, you and this is a great. This is you. You, you, and I both began our career in communication. And how many times did we write a speech for a person of the executive who just wanted to say announce some new product or initiative, whatever it was, without understanding that the context? And I always use the example. Well, what if people were afraid of losing their job because they there was a pending merger or a downsizing, and the executive got up there and started talking about something else? They're not paying attention. So you have to know if you're going to touch the heart and minds of people. And if you want to just get them to understand or simply uh, pay attention, you have to address the concerns of the moment, put it in context. And Zelensky is actually a, a classic example of that, which all great leaders do. We talk about in the here and now and what it means to us mm. um, now and in the future. And that's what good leaders do. And, you know, phrase whatever it is. And it's the simple thing. I I know, I hear you, I listen to you. Um, here's my point of view. 
let's pull together and let's move forward. So that's really what context means. Now, it's not communicating in a vacuum. It's just the opposite. It's using what's happening and demonstrating an understanding of that. So I, lo I love that because, I mean, that's true of all relationships, isn't it? <laughs> I hear you and I go, we can talk about it. We can <laughs> put it in a context. Um, I mean, that's probably a key to all successful relationships. You know, one of the things you talked about is a term rebuilding. In your in your book and you even talked about grief which i thought was very interesting to find this in a purported business book and i think it's more than that of course but um can you explain a little bit about the rebuilding idea and and why is grief part of this uh you know grace under pressure well as you well know great grace is the same excuse me grief um is an expression of love for what's lost um and we all went through significant loss during mm. COVID. Yes, some of us lost loved ones, of course, uh, and that's the most serious of all, but we lost colleagues. I mean, we lost touch with colleagues. And some people, and I know you know this, Don, lost their sense of identity because they weren't going to the office or they became disenfranchised from their job or whatever. So you have to grieve for that. I don't think you can move forward, uh, and you're the expert on this, not me, but unless you acknowledge the past and work through it. Now, then you get to the rebuilding. And I touched on this in Grace Notes. It's the idea of you're going to rebuild do it better than you know if your house burned down you don't have to build it exactly you can build it differently and better and that's the kind of thing so what have i used to say you know the lessons of the world of january 2020 is not coming back so let's make the world where we are now different and better than it was there are good things of the past but let's build upon this great crisis and let's work through it and let's make it work for us as opposed to against us. So it's a constructive process. Mm. But at the same time, uh, grief does not, you know, we must process it. We have to understand our loss. And um, it's an acknowledgement of that. And and how we deal with it is is a process. So Yeah, so that's a, re, you know, it's really interesting what you're saying here is about how we can look at rebuilding as an opportunity to really grow in new ways and to do new things. Uh, I want to share um, a quote with you. Uh, this is something Abraham Lincoln said. I know you're a big fan of, uh, of Lincoln and history. He said, public sentiment is everything. With public sentiment, nothing can fail. Without it, nothing can succeed. And that makes me think about community too. And that's a big key part of your book. So how can we uh, know how can a business leader know that what he or she is doing is reaching out and meeting the community needs and building community not just in the organization but beyond the organization seems like a big task well yeah i mean it's basically listening it's you know um one of my favorite novelists was uh john la claret who said um at one of his novels i think a desk is a very dangerous place from which to view the world. So you need to get out and mingle. And the best yeah. executives that I've worked with are always meeting and mingling with their people. Um, and they meet with their customers, their service provider, they meet with stakeholders, mm. they meet with the communities in which the business is. And they listen. As you know, the old cliche, um, you have two ears and one mouth 
use them proportionally. And <laughs> leaders who listen yeah. are those who get it. And it's also, as you well know, Don, when when I listen to someone or um, um, what I'm doing is I'm respecting the other person. I think that they have something to say. And so that's a form of, and when I do that, I'm creating a bond with that individual, with that mm. team, with that organization. So that's how you stay in touch. And when you, when you get out of touch, you live in the bubble, then you kind of live in your own mind and what the people around you who may be sycophants just tell you. So, and that's how leaders get in trouble real fast. Mm. So, well, how could you, suppose you have a leader that's in that bubble, how, what kind of manager or somebody do to get that leader out of the bubble well, well that's a good question so i think you you talk about what they are missing and you create the proposition that you cannot afford not to meet and mingle with your team get out uh learn from others it's a learning process and you know, w managing boxes from behind a desk is not a good thing, you know? And so it takes time to get out there. And and um, and they might, you know, people might say, well, I'm too busy to do it. I'd say you're too busy not to do it. Mm. And there's the things that you're focusing on aren't appropriate. Um, you know, like if they, sometimes even senior people get task oriented, which is, away from uh, and they do a task morning because it's it's comforting and they can they see an opening and a closure and it's i get it done you know but as you well know leadership and strategy is longitudinal and along the way where's my energy coming from and energy is incredible and the thing is, is that most successful leaders draw their energy from the success of the team and if you don't then maybe you shouldn't be in that leadership position yeah, I think there's an emphasis on metrics nowadays that people can focus on metrics. And, you know, I, I'm i a baseball fan. I know you, you or I don't know if you still are, but, yeah, <laughs> but baseball has become so metric focused, right? And it seems to take some of the joy away from the game. And if a leader is so focused on the metrics of what the company's doing and production and they can lose sight, right, of this Oh, connection. yeah. And then, you know, we're seeing now this in this hybrid workplace or remote working that um, some companies are installing, you know, video vigilance, uh, you know, devices. Oh, now what is that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But so someone, some clever person invented the, <laughs> I think it's the mouse clicker or whatever. So it's just a little gadget that will fake out the video monitoring it'll make you think like you're typing or whatever it is so never underestimate the ingenuity of him but how but think about that don think about the person who came up with that idea probably a just i'd like to say well i hate not to say this but late, think of him as a disgruntled employee how much better would it have been for him to use or her to use that creative energy to help the enterprise, but he or she didn't do that because they felt abused or disabused and yeah. I'm gonna get them, you know? And that's what happens as you talk about, over metricization yeah. of things are, you know, we have to measure, of course we do. Sure, um, sure. But let's be realistic. So. <laughs> well, we have just a short bit of time left. There's something, uh, you know, We is there a takeaway you'd like to uh, share with our audience today? 
Well, I'm enamored with the topic of grace, um, and this is something which is the the I'm at the more of the sunset of my career than than the beginning. And grace, I think, is that collective that or that energy that we can use to connect m m better with others, um, our friends, our spouses, our colleagues. It makes life better. It's a way of uh, celebrating joy. Mm. It's a way of finding gratitude. It's a way of respecting others. And obviously, hopefully it all comes back and we live um, a, a richer, more meaningful life. Well, thank you for that. I, I want to also add that uh, there was this incredible self-assessment at the end of uh, Grace Under Pressure. And I just found it to be a, a fascinating book, a wonderful read, and uh, I highly uh, recommend it for our readers. So, um, well, John, I'd love to talk more and I know we could uh, talk a lot more, explore more, but we've run out of, out of time. Now your book, Grace Under Pressure is available for pre-order, is that correct? It is on Amazon and pre-order and they're standing by. What with their pencil <laughs> to write those orders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's be sure to tell our listeners about your website also. It's johnbeldoni.com and that's john, B-A-L-D-O-N-I, one word, yep. .com. Right. And you can learn more about John's leadership resources and books and maybe even see him perform uh, on uh, plays music beautifully. Uh, and I, I do. I po uh, on LinkedIn. I use. I have something called Monday Motivation. I po uh, try to post a little piece of music at me at piano, um, and I do it every. I try to do it every Monday. So yeah, it's wonderful. So uh, I would recommend people uh, uh, connect with that resource as well. Well, for those who tuned into the Pathway Show late, this is your host Donald Altman author of several books on mindfulness, including my newest, The Simply Mindful Coloring Book, and Simply Mindful, a seven-week course and personal handbook for mindful living. Information about my courses, books, and CDs can be found at mindfulpractices.com. In a second, I'll tell you how you can rewind and replay this interview whenever you want via the internet or as a free podcast. Today, we've been visiting with author John Baldoni, an international leadership coach and author. I want to say thank you to all our listeners for tuning into Pathways, which is broadcast and streamed via KBOO-FM Sunday mornings at 8.30 USA Pacific Time. Podcasts of today's show, which you can listen to and forward to others, are available for free at divination.com, and that's spelled D-I-V-I-Nation.com as well as via iTunes and other free podcast servers. This is Donald Altman, well, and also along with our other host, Paul O'Brien, on the Pathway Show, reminding you to tell your friends about Pathway Radio and podcasts. Thanks again to John Baldoni and to all you listeners for tuning in and being a part of the Pathways Conversation. listening to KBOO 
Portland, 90.7 FM. Also heard at Translator K220HR Hood River at 91.9 FM and Translator K282BH in Philomath at 104.3 FM. And we're streaming at the top of our lungs end of on www.kboo.fm. Thanks for tuning right now in. By going to kboo.fm slash give or by texting KBOO to the number 44321. Contribute during this last week of 2022 and your donation will be matched dollar for dollar up to $5,000 thanks to the generous support.